Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hello and welcome to the Autosport Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Kalanorkas. Well, it was qualifying day for the Eiffel Grand Prix and we ended up with a very intriguing session after Friday's practice sessions were washed out. Just uh, only a 60-minute FP3 session for everybody to get ready ahead of qualifying and it was a pretty dramatic session. Max Verstappen pushed the Mercedes drivers hard in his Red Bull, but the Black Arrows again kept up their 100% record in qualifying in 2020, but it was Valtteri Bottas who triumphed ahead of Lewis Hamilton. Now, it sets up a fairly intriguing race after Bottas' win last time out, and joining me to discuss this on our latest Bite Size podcast, once again hands-free as we're recording in the car, as I'm sure all the listeners will be able to tell, is Autosports F1 reporter Luke Smith. Luke, how did you enjoy qualifying today? Yeah, I thought it was a really good session. Like, It was nice to get back to this kind of intra-team battle at the front of the grid because I guess we don't really sort of uh, we don't really tend to have that nowadays and even if it was uh, what a 12th consecutive pole position for Mercedes uh, Max Verstappen at one point really looked like he was going to push them uh, his first run in Q3 was uh, was the quickest of all it was, it was on provisional pole uh, I think there was something like eight hundredths of a second separating the three of them at the front so that was really exciting and in the end yeah Mercedes sort of resuming the, the normal status quo and taking pole position but no I thought it was uh, yeah a really good session and uh, nice to kind of go into those final runs when you're not sort of down to one of two names on as to who's going to be on pole position a bit more variety uh, a bit more excitement so yeah I think a, a very good session indeed and as you say after that sort of uh, short FP3 that they had this morning to really just go in and, and learn what they could it, uh, I think made things uh, very on edge for the drivers in Q3 so uh, yeah very good result I think at the end of it. 
Well, Luke, let's start at the front of the grids. Like I said, it was uh, an interesting session with uh, Red Bull looking at it was going to be on top, which happened very quick in Q2, as was Lewis Hamilton, who topped that segment. Uh, but actually, Hamilton and Verstappen didn't pre reproduce their fastest laps when it really mattered in Q3. And instead, it was Bottas that came out on top. So first of all, let's start with the pole sitter, because again, I, I detect a note of there was a sort of questioning um, afterwards, you know, when you immediately go out of the car in front of the TV cameras, it's sort of like, do you believe you can win tomorrow? And he's like, well, of course I believe, because he's continuing that vein of form, that sort of, you know, what, what he ended uh, up in, in Russia on the cooldown lap to who it may concern. Fuck you. Yes, I did just say that gratuitously because I can. Um, but there we go. Um, yeah, he's, he's continuing that mindset. Of he's sort of, he's a bit, being a bit prickly. Not like, not, not, not to criticise him for doing that. He's obviously just showing like, look, I'm not giving up. And anyone who says I am can get stuffed, frankly, it seems to be what he's doing. But yeah, what did you make of, uh, what did you make of Bot what Bottas showed today? I think, as you say, like it's just him showing that he's he's not going to roll over in this title fight, and even if the gap may be as big as it is, he's not going to give up. And anyone suggesting that he should or would, I mean, it's yeah, it is a it's a pretty redundant and stupid question to ask. Like a driver, like oh, do you, do you want to go and win the race? Of course they bloody do. Like if they're particularly on pole position and uh, have produced the kind of performance that Valtteri Bottas did today, then uh, yeah, I mean it's a, it's a very obvious question that's going to get an obvious answer. But his performance today was fantastic. He um, set a purple sector in all three sectors with his pole laps. I think really sort of round things up at the end. He said it was particularly satisfying to be able to uh, sort of pump in that late lap and uh, leave it as late as he did to take pole position. And uh, I mean that's what the drivers. That's the kind of perfection they aim for. Uh, come Q3, they want to be able to set their fastest sector. Set their fastest time and although the uh, Hamilton and Verstappen set their overall fastest times qualifying in Q2 I think Bottas we can't take anything away from him I think today it was a really good display in qualifying recently he's been he's been in good form like he has been running Hamilton very very close the margins have been for the most part quite small uh, with obviously a, a couple of exceptions but he's, he's been there or thereabouts and I think today was just a, a good proof of him turning the tables around and uh, you can see after the session Lewis Hamilton said that he's got some work to do overnight to sort of work out where that big gap came to Bottas because it, it was two tenths of a second uh, a quarter of a second even so uh, a big chunk the Bottas got pulled by and richly deserved and I think yeah as you so maybe this more maybe I don't know if about prickly but sort of I guess steely side and just sort of saying look I'm not going down without a fight in this and uh, yeah I think Bottas today proved why he's very much uh, very much up to take the fight to Lewis Hamilton and uh, won't roll over at all or go away quietly absolutely not but it was very interesting to see Max Verstappen getting in amongst things with the Mercedes because as I said they've, they've still got a perfect 100% record in qualifying but Verstappen saying a little bit of understeer which I don't think they've had to deal with at all times this season given how uh, tricky things have been with the handling on the RB16 but he said that he just got that that, that uh, understeer just got a bit too much come Q3 and that's what cost him but nevertheless uh, pushed them pushed them very hard would you say Luke? Yeah, he did, yeah. And that understeer, he said, down to the cold conditions obviously makes it a little bit more difficult. Uh, and obviously they only had that one-hour session this morning to really get up to speed and see how things were going to be. So, uh, yeah, they sort of did their best, really, did, did what he could. And he said that understeer sort of made Paul slip away a little bit from his grasp. But I think Red Bull, on the whole, can be very, very pleased with their performance today. I think that this is the closest they've seen to Mercedes all season long. They look like real contenders. They look really look like they were capable of taking pole position today. And I think that's uh, all credit 
credit to both Max for his display, but also to what Rebel have been doing in terms of the updates for the car. I mean, the, the new parts they brought to the Nürburgring this weekend, it's not a small package. Like, There's a lot going on there. Alexander Albon said after the session that he felt it was uh, a really good step and uh, was really put them a, a lot closer to Mercedes than they were. Toto Wolff, he said that Mercedes has to be really vigilant in terms of the development of its own car uh, because it's got red sort of light styling to breathe down its neck a little bit more. And uh, qualifying has been the one place all season where Mercedes have kind of run away with it. So to see Rebel get so close, I think, was uh, maybe a bit of a warning sign. And uh, I think it's going to be really fascinating to see in the race tomorrow if Max Verstappen can carry that pace over. And, uh, yeah, if they can sort of get at least within uh, spitting distance to, to make it a little bit more of a fight at the front of the pack. Well, you mentioned those cold conditions. I'm actually rather grateful that our Mercedes hire car, I'm sure other other hire car brands are available, as the cliche goes when it comes to broadcasting. Um, I'm rather grateful that it's got uh, warm heat warming heat warming seats because I'm, I'm getting nice and toasty having been absolutely freezing at times. I went out and watched the cars in a car park uh, just above the final chicane for FP3 and i tell you what, I was absolutely frozen at the end. No, it turns out we are on the right route. There's the petrol station. Sorry, I briefly said to Luke when we were in, in, in the middle of changing segments uh, that perhaps uh, we were going a slightly different route tonight, but we're not. Anyway, I digress. So, um, yes, cold conditions. What's the interesting thing about that is that Lewis Hamilton sort of suggested when it comes to the tyres and the race tomorrow, the driver's not 100% sure what's going to happen really i mean obviously you said it will it will you know it will extend stints compared to normal but still a bit of a question mark so do we think it's going to be um hopefully make an interesting race tomorrow i mean i guess the other big question is and there's always a bit of a hiding to nothing do we think it's going to rain well, weather conditions, we're expecting it to be a little bit more similar to Friday when, of course, all the running was, was curtailed completely. We uh, know that the FIA now has this altered uh, protocols in place that was revealed uh, by Autosport um, to ensure that the race weekend can go ahead, even if we do see a complete repeat of Friday's conditions in terms of uh, getting the medical transfers uh under the mandatory 20 minute time which is all well and good and uh, yeah I mean if there is rain I mean hitting the track I think that can really spice things up and obviously that would sort of throw all strategy options and thoughts out of the window but they uh, all of the drivers have said that it is just going to be a little bit more difficult in terms of tyre management that although in cooler conditions you can tend to extend the tyres a little bit longer it does tend to sort of punish the fronts a bit more and maybe a bit more graining to get through and a few difficulties there we saw Mercedes try and get around that by sending uh, both Lewis Hamilton and Valtteri Bottas us out at the start of Q2 to uh, run on the medium tyre and that pointed that's what they wanted their uh, starting tyre to be. Hamilton put in a very quick time with his first medium run to sit second behind Verstappen but Bottas struggled a bit more. He was a bit more off the pace so was running eighth after the first runs in Q2 and uh, that, that forced Mercedes basically to make the switch to the softs or so it seemed. Uh, Hamilton after the session he said that he wanted to stay on mediums that he liked to to that he liked to do things a little bit differently to his teammate if possible um, but he trusted and understood why Mercedes had made the call I asked Toto Wolff after qualifying and said look what was the thinking behind that and he said in the debriefs that it was quite clear that starting on the mediums would have been the wrong thing to do he said that starting on the softs would have cost about three to four metres on that run down to turn one uh, obviously off the line that's very very costly indeed and that through the first stint of the race they would have really been at a big disadvantage to the cars around them obviously Max Verstappen being the biggest threat of all so uh, he said it would have been a 
big gamble if they had gone with mediums. Obviously, it would have been a bit of a repeat of uh, Russia where we saw the sort of split tyre strategies that left uh, Lewis Hamilton a little bit snookered even before his uh, pre-race penalty was confirmed. So it's, uh, yeah, it's something that Mercedes, I think, looked at, decided in the end, look, best to go with the softs. Everyone now is on the same strategy and uh, it means that everyone is in the same boat for tomorrow. But it could be that a boat is exactly what they need uh, should rain strike and uh, be pretty hard. But we'll have to wait and see on that one. Enjoyed your use of snookered there, Luke. I, uh, I actually regret not having uh, having included that in my post-Russian Grand Prix uh, race report for Autosport Magazine, Autosport.com Plus, because that is basically what happened last time. Like Hamilton uh, went in with his hands tied behind his back even before he got the penalties, thanks to the tyres. But nevertheless, we're not in Russia. We never were. Um, but let's uh, <laughs> let, let, we are in Germany. Uh, so let's get back to the Eiffel Grand Prix qualifying. Uh, and one, one of the stars of the show in P4, Charles Leclerc for Ferrari, which, you know, if you think about 12 months ago, we're saying we were surprised to have a Ferrari in fourth place. You think, what on earth is going to change? Uh, but absolutely uh, unexpected and a very another very, very fine performance from Charles Leclerc. It really continues the narrative of Charles Leclerc being the saviour of Ferrari's season to some extent. Uh, Ferrari, we know they brought some more updates to the car for this weekend, but it was nothing sort of like revolutionary or major. Uh, those updates were only used by Leclerc uh, in FP3. Vettel ran with the old uh, parts to sort of do a comparison. Vettel then took the new parts for qualifying, but he could only get to 11th on the grid. He was bumped out in the dying moments of Q2 by his teammate, all people. Uh, but that's continued Vettel's sort of rather patchy recent form in qualifying. But then, uh, yeah, Charles Leclerc, he was absolutely superb he has had a, I think all the way through this weekend he's been strong this weekend it's been today really hasn't it we did nothing yesterday um, but no he was he was really really impressive today uh, there was a moment in uh, Q1 where he set his first lap time and he split the two Mercedes and uh, I, I said like it's a very sort of 2019 timing screen seeing uh, Bottas Leclerc Hamilton as the top three but no I think a really good display I mean he was uh, he was quick he was by far the, 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 the sort of leader of the midfielders. Uh, even Alex Albon, who qualified fifth for Red Bull, he said that he was quite surprised to see Leclerc and Ferrari do so well. And it does sort of prove that Ferrari are making some steps forward. But it is still very much sort of a, a one-sided garage there at Ferrari, it seems. Leclerc uh, just seems to be getting on a little bit better with the uh, with the Ferrari SF1000 car for all of its flaws. And uh, these updates, I think, have definitely given a little bit of a step forward for the team, which is good to see. It's good progress. And uh, yeah, I think a, a mighty display that was uh, made him one of the real stars of qualifying and he'll hope to be building on that going into the race tomorrow as well well Luke, let's move on to what's probably the big, biggest news story of the day at the Nürburgring today the news that Lance Stroll feeling unwell didn't take part in FP3 and his, uh, or the replacement for Sergio Perez when he tested positive for coronavirus Nico Hülkenberg parachuted in not quite parachuted he drove down the autobahn from Cologne but uh, he's coming in again at Racing Point and will replace Lance Stroll for the rest of the weekend uh, did very well in qualifying even though he qualified last it's, it's never nice to have to be uh, dropped in at the last moment with no preparation even though he was only really one session behind the rest but yeah what did uh, what, well, first of all Luke why don't you explain um, exactly what we know about Lance Stroll and what's going on there uh, and also um, how Nico Hülkenberg got the call up it was a flurry of deja vu and uh, our motorsport.com F1 editor colleague John Noble pointed out that the three races I have attended on site this year and all three a racing point driver has 
uh, come down ill. Obviously, it was Sergio Perez at the two system races. And Nico Hulkenberg has uh, deputised for him. I pointed that out to Racing Point, and they sent back a, a gif of Gordon Ramsay telling me to guess out, which I think was uh, very, very fair indeed. But, uh, no, the team uh, confirmed this morning, uh, a few minutes into the start of FP3, that Lance Stroll had come down unwell and wasn't feeling 100%. It was going to assess how his condition was ahead of qualifying, but had Nico Hulkenberg on the way, as you said, coming down the autobahn from Cologne. Uh, he was due to be at the circuit anyway to do some TV duties uh, for German television. So uh, that meant he was uh, all ready to come to the track. Turned up in a, in a Porsche, had to go through his uh, rapid COVID test, which he did. Came back negative. That ensured that he could enter the circuit. Uh, we saw him around in sort of race overalls and uh, all suited and booted, ready to go jumped in the car and then he was in for qualifying and as you said did qualify last but wasn't a million miles away from a place in uh, Q- Q2 he, uh, I think it was about half a second off he had quite a scruffy final lap as well but it was like a very last minute call up ultimately he uh, had knowledge of the car but hadn't been at all thinking that he was going to be driving this weekend so uh, yeah another another sort of late uh, late decision by racing points to get him in the car but it's good to see him back again it's sort of continuing this uh, strange little story we've had uh, through the season of uh, hashtag Hulkenback, i believe is what it's been uh, labeled as but uh, we've also got to spare a thought for stoffel van dorn as well because uh, he, he is listed as racing points official reserve driver he was in the paddock he was ready to go uh, had Hulkenberg not been able to stand in ultimately though Hulkenberg did get the call up and, and was ready to go and uh, that left van dorn he tweeted a picture of himself saying well i'm gonna go and play call of duty then and he was uh, gearing up to play a little bit of PlayStation instead of taking part in qualifying. But uh, good to see Hulkenberg back in the car. And uh, I think that elusive podium that we always talk about might be a little bit difficult from P20 on the grid, but uh, nice to see him uh, getting another shot in an F1 car. Well, I mean, I have to say, Luke, I think performance of the weekend goes to you for not being off-put by me messing up that particular hairpin bend on our drive home for the third night in a row. You uh, didn't interrupt your flow of uh, flow of explanation there. But, uh, yes, on Lance Stroll, obviously we do hope he feels better very soon, but I gather that our understanding, at least at the moment, is that it's not COVID that uh, is stopping him racing this weekend. Is that right? Uh, yep, that's the understanding. Uh, the team is yet to formally confirm what exactly Lance is unwell with, but the understanding from the FIA is that it's not something COVID-related. So, uh, yep, we wish Lance Stroll a speedy recovery, and, and uh, we hope to see him back in action in two weeks' time uh, at Algarve. <laughs> Sorry, uh, listeners, I made him redo that bit because uh, we have the Autosport Star Guide says that it, we have to call it the Algarve International Circuit and not Portimao, which I think the reasoning is that it's just the second closest town. There's another cl- another town closer that never gets a look in. But anyway, there we go. Right, Luke, thank you very much for joining me and putting up with my utter madness and terrible driving. Uh, thanks to everybody listening along. Now, just before we go, we'd like to remind you that the latest issue of Autosport magazine came out on Thursday and is available in supermarket shelves and in newsagents as well as on the doormats of subscribers. There'll be a new issue of the magazine for you to pick up every Thursday, packed full of news, analysis and the usual stunning photography. And of course, if you want unlimited access to Autosport from the comfort of your home, visit autosport.com slash fast to find out how to subscribe to our digital package. We'll be back soon with another episode of the Autosport podcast. And I get a bonus point because I remembered all of that last bit off by heart.
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Wendy's knows cold and soggy fries are the worst. So soggy. That's why we're serving up hot and crispy fries all day, every day. And all night. Until close. With natural cut potatoes, sea salted to perfection. Show me that potato skin. Wendy's hot and crispy aren't like other fries. We're your dream fry. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's hot and crispy fries. Guaranteed to be hot and crispy. If yours aren't, bring them back and we'll replace them. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.